The Lord is with you. This is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord. Upon leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and the first thing that they did was to tell him about her. And Jesus went over to her, and he grasped her by the hand, and he helped her up. And the fever left her immediately, and she began waiting on them. After sunset, as evening drew on, they brought to him all of those who were ill and possessed by demons. Before long, the entire town was gathered outside of their door. Those whom he cured, who were vicariously afflicted, were many, and so were the demons that he expelled. But he would not permit the demons to speak, for they knew him. Rising early the next morning, he went off to a lonely place in the desert, and there he was absorbed in prayer. Simon and his companions managed to track him down, and when they found him, they told him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us move on to the neighboring village, so that I may proclaim to them the good news as well, for that is what I have come to do. And so, they went into the synagogues, preaching the good news and expelling demons throughout the entire region of Galilee. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. like to begin this morning by sharing something with you um, that happened a while back. A little over a month ago, I was sitting down and thinking and thinking ahead, which I don't normally do. It just didn't my makeup, but I know, I knew I had DSF homily coming up. And already I was getting uptight about it, and I was getting uptight because, especially because we were right in the middle of building his kingdom campaign, and I thought, and I got to stand up right after that, after asking for a million eight hundred thousand, and then ask for a uh, hundred and fifteen thousand. And so I wanted to cover my track. If you if you know, every time I got up here and ever talked about the king uh, the campaign, I also said, but don't forget DSF because I knew this day was coming. So, uh, and I knew. I remember when I was saying, I knew I, to myself. I thought, I remember when I told them when I announced the campaign. I told them I said, now remember this doesn't uh, don't let this interfere with your weekly collection or DSF because that would just uh, counteract everything. That would defeat all the purpose. So even though I knew I said all of that and I kept preparing you for it, I was uptight. And so I was sitting there and I thought, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the scriptures. I'm going to look at the scriptures for DSF Sunday, and I'm sure that that will give me peace. 
That was about uh, five weeks ago. Do you remember the scriptures? Let, let me just paraphrase one. This is what I saw as I went to the Lord for peace in the scriptures. Is not, is not man's life on earth a drudgery? I have been assigned months of misery. Trouble nights have been told off for me. I am filled with restlessness until the dawn. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. They come to an end without hope. Remember that my life is like the wind. I shall not see happiness again. Well, that didn't do it. <laughs> so I thought, well, let me flip over to the gospel. And I'll say, I'm sure the Lord in the gospel, well, it was Peter's mother-in-law, the cure of Peter's mother-in-law. And somehow it was a neat cure, but I didn't think it was worth 115000 So I went back and I thought the second reading is, you know, that second reading is normally like a good pastoral reading. And, and that's the one that's going to really work. And it was Paul, and I, I remember thinking, now, I'm, now, and I want you to remember, I'm really uptight, so I'm really grasping for straws, because I know I've got to get up here and ask for 115000 So I said, you know, come on, Paul, help me. Well, this is what Paul had to say. Preaching the gospel is not the subject of a boast. I am under compulsion, and I have no choice. I am ruined if I do not preach it. And I thought, uh-oh. Uh, it doesn't sound like I'm leading up to 115,000. So uh, I went on, if I do it willingly, I have my recompense. If unwillingly, I am nonetheless entrusted with the charge. And this recompense of mine, it is simply this, that when preaching, I offer the gospel free of charge. <laughs> and I thought, wonder if the Lord had mind if I change that to I offer the gospel for 115000 <laughs> But I was afraid he wouldn't go for that. So, um, so as always, the Lord saved me um, in Paul's closing words. When he says, I do all that I do for the sake of the gospel. And so, my friends... For the sake of the gospel, once again, I stand before you this weekend and I stand on God's word and I beg you for money for God and for his people. And I probably can say for the, one of the first times in my life, it is truly a privilege to do so. I'd like uh, to explain to you, though, what we are about here at Christ the Good Shepherd and why. I think it's really important. You know, when, when, when my marriage couples come in for marriage preparation, uh, my engaged couples, I always on that first visit, I not only want to tell them what they do, what we do in the way of preparation, but I think even more important is why we do it. So I want to tell you that out of 52 weeks, we make three special appeals a year for money. Now that of course doesn't include the second collections or maybe special appeals like last week for the homeless in Houston. But those kind of appeals, uh, gee, I put baskets at the door and they're opportunities. If you want to participate it, and it's fine, but there's not a hard sell. But there are three out of 52 weeks, there are three appeals a year. And let me tell you the why, first of all, and then I'll tell you the three appeals. The why is this, first and foremost, Please listen. God commands each of us 
and all of us to support his work on earth with our time, with our talents, and with our treasure. And that command does not come from Father Ed. That command does not come from Christ the Good Shepherd. And that command does not come from the, from, um, the bishop. That command comes from the mouth of God. And I will always proclaim it as such. Secondly, this call, this command, is to every person here, every man, woman, and child, regardless of age. Because every one of us here have been tremendously, tremendously blessed in and through the Lord. And so we, the very essence of Christianity, is that there is no one here in this building right now and no one in this community that isn't concerned intimately in the life of each other. That we are to share in each other's joys, we are to share in each other's pains, we are to be there, and we are to be wherever the Lord calls us to be. That is who we are and the essence of who we are as Christians. We are all responsible, we're responsible for the mundane things, the things we hate to buy, the putting a new roof on the church. Just like, isn't it horrible to spend money putting a new roof on or paying the electric bill? We're responsible for that in our spiritual home, as well as the more profound things of putting food in the mouths of those that are hungry. We are responsible for wherever God calls us and everything that happens. We are to give of our time, of our talents, and of our money according to what we have been given. And I want it to be noted right here and now. A lot of times it's not their fault. A lot of times, um, and I'm not singling you out by any means, please, to the greeters. A lot of times, so I, I notice that at, 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 at the offertory, the readers will have whoever has the, the basket kind of in the back as if it wasn't as important. It is every bit as important as the bread and the wine because it is, it is our sweat and blood. It is our gift. It is the gift of ourselves united with the Lord. That is what Eucharist is all about. It is as important as anything that is happening. So we, the Lord calls for our time. He calls for our talents. And indeed, he calls for our money, our treasure, whether, whether we're the rich man uh, that the Lord, remember the rich man who said, Lord, how can I follow you? How can I go further with you? Tell me. And the Lord said, sell everything you have and give it to the poor and come to me. And come follow me. Whether it's that call you're receiving or the widow who sat there with nothing and dropped a penny in her might. And she gave every bit as much, if not more. My responsibility as pastor is not to see that we reach our goal of 115,000. I want to say that again, that my responsibility as pastor is not to see that we reach our goal of $115,000. And I'll tell you why. For 10 years, I've been trying at Christ the Good Shepherd to give the church back to you, to give you ownership of this community. It is yours. 
It is absolutely yours. It is not my responsibility. It is my responsibility to do my share. It is my responsibility to stand before you and to call you to, to your responsibility to faithfulness to God. But you're the one, you're the one that must stand before God, not me. I stand for my por portion, absolutely. But I want to give this community back to you. Please know this. Do not say, oh, there is Father Ed asking for money again, or the church is asking for money again. It is God asking again. And perhaps God too says, are you asking again? Did not you ask me something again yet just yesterday or just this morning? It is a gift. Now let's, let's look at that God who's asking, okay? Here's a God that gives us everything we got. Everything we got. Even if you, you say, gee, well, I go out and I work, and it's my work that gets it. Listen, if the Lord didn't give you today, you wouldn't have that. If he didn't give you your time and your talent, you wouldn't have anything. And all that God asks back is 10%. What a deal! And he doesn't even ask it back for himself. He asks it back for others. Suppose I stood up here this morning and I had me a big old bushel basket full of $100 bills, okay? And I said, okay, how many out there of you will give $10 to feed the poor if I give you $100? How many of you would say yes? Huh? Y'all wouldn't? <laughs> would you? Raise your hand if you would. Don't be embarrassed. This is your family in here. Okay? You're before God. Okay? That's a pretty good deal, isn't it? Now, all you have to do, and you, you know what's hard, though? After you get that $100, it sounds like a great deal until you get that $100. Then you want to keep the whole $100. And then you wonder, wonder if Father Ed's going to know I put my 10 in. Father Ed doesn't, but the good Lord does, okay? He offers the best deal going, okay? And in turn, you know why I, I was saying before Mass, and I, you know, this is, boy, I'm, I'm really floating at this, but I was saying before Mass, as you know, to, in the sacristy, I was saying, you know what really gets me is, um, or just surprises me, how many people come into church looking sad? And, and I, that always surprises me. I don't know why. But it always surprises me. And then I got to thinking, you know what, mate? The world is sad. If you're going to live the world, you're going to be sad. You're going to be bored. The world is boring. It really is boring. The world is. <laughs> but God is so exciting. If you live God's Word, I guarantee you, you can't keep a smile off your face. Some guy came in to see me this week. I'm way off base now. But some guy came in to see me this week. I'm on, t I'm on target, but I'm off the homily. But he came in to see me, and he said, Father, I want to tell you, have you ever, he knew I had, but he said, have you, when you're on fire, when you fall in love, when God just overwhelms you with love, isn't it the most incredible thing? And it is. And that's his gift to all of us. That's what he's offering all of us. At 10 bucks out of 100. That's a good deal. 
So why? It's because it's God's command. And that command is to everybody, every man, woman, and child. Now let me quickly go through the three appeals that we make. The first appeal that we make is normally for the parish. And that usually comes in September, October. And it, you know, we do have to pay the bills here. You know, and, and one neat thing about this pair, a lots of neat thing, is that you know, now the people that we saw at Christmas, we're not seeing a whole lot of them much anymore. And, but they'll be back at Easter. And you know what's really neat is that gives us a chance to love on them. That when they walk through that door, this community loves on them. And something happens to them. But we got to keep paying the bills so they can buy. And that's okay. We're going to provide it here so that when they can come, they can come walking into God's love, into God's arms. And we're going to provide that. In place of, uh, of that talk this year, what we did was have the campaign. Now, in that campaign, I just want to tell you very quickly, because you have a right to know it, we're over $2 million. Boy, fantastic. We've paid off a half a million dollars of our debt since that's just in the last couple of months. Beautiful. Now, just in conclusion, let me tell you, there's a committee working on that right now. And as soon as I know when that building's going to be built and that other half a million's going to be paid off, I promise you, as soon as I know, you'll know. We're not keeping anything back from you. We're just trying to assess how it's coming in and so on. So I'll let you know that. So that's the first thing we uh, first uh uh, money appeal we have. Second one, very quickly, is the one, remember we have an annual uh, missionary come, that's in every church in, in the diocese, and the bishop assigns a missionary, and that's so we, we're aware of the broader church, and that's usually in the summer months, and they talk, and then there's a, and they tell us about their work, and then there's the second collection. And thirdly, and lastly, there's this annual appeal for all the work and the ministries of our diocesan family, which we're a part, the DSF. Okay, now the best way I know how to explain this is to say, just like everybody in here goes to make up Christ the Good Shepherd, every parish in this area goes to make up the diocese. Now, if you will, let me continue that comparison. Let's suppose that somebody, I'm sure this doesn't apply to anybody in here, okay? But let's suppose somebody comes in and just through ignorance, here Christ the Good Shepherd says, now, and they adopt the attitude that I don't have a child to be baptized or to be catechized or a relative to bury or a marriage to uh, celebrate or be healed and I don't turn the lights on in this building and I don't pay the mortgage and I don't do all of that. So. I don't see where that involves me at all, so I can drop a buck in, you know, and that gets, that gets me through, you know, I, I've, I've fulfilled my obligation, ooh, gosh, anyway, so let's just say, now let's say that, that there, I know there's nobody in here like that, but let's say there was, okay, that comes out of ignorance. And they haven't heard God's word, and maybe it's because they hadn't wanted to hear God's word, that they are truly responsible for everyone in the body of Christ and everyone in this community. And together, we're gangbusters. Okay? And carry that over to the diocese. Let's suppose there's a parish that says, why should I support the inner, inner city schools? I don't have anybody in the inner city schools. Our campus ministry, our ministry to prisoners, or the chaplain corps in the medical center, or the marriage tribunal, I'm not getting an annulment. Ministries to the aging, the deaf, the scouts, the seeking of vocations, the support of our seminary, the permanent diaconate. Uh, why should I support the, the center down at the Port of Houston? 
Gee, they're even ministering to communists down there, you know? So why should we support that? And see, that again comes out of ignorance. God's call may not always make sense, but it's always powerful and it's always love. It's always love. We listen to God's word and we know that all of life touches all of our lives. And it is our call and our responsibility to all of life. So the ministries that support DS, that are supported by DSF, gee, there's a list of 44 of them out there in the North that take a look, even with the amount of money that goes to them. But it's innumerable. God calls for the support of his people by every man, woman, and child. And that means I can't be down at the port, nor can you. We can't be feeding people all over Houston, nor can you, you know. But if we're supporting the people that are there, then we are there. And that's our call. That's our call, folks. And answering that call brings so much joy. Look, if you want to know where your treasure is, when you, when you do out your income tax, look at where your money really goes. Look at where your money goes. I mean, you may be delightfully surprised, you know, but at least remember that the Lord is asking. He gives you everything, and he's just asking for 10% back, okay? And in response to God's call, I'm asking a pledge of $150 from every household, uh, and this is not, um, uh, this is over and above your building his kingdom pledge and your weekly offering. Our goal here at Christ the Good Shepherd is $115,900, and that's based on last year's income. Uh, according to God's word, he's not asking any of us to do what we can't do. If you can't do it, God doesn't want you to do it. If you really honestly cannot do it, the Lord does not want you to do it. He simply asks you to give according to what you have been given. That's, that's all he asks, is that you give according to what you have been given, whether that be everything or whether it be the widow's might or whatever that might be. Just listen to as God is calling you. I'd ask you now to pick up the, the pledge cards, if you would. They're at the end of the pew, if you would pass them down to the center, okay, with the pencils. I know you, got, you also got one in the mail. You may have already filled it out. You know that that is home. That is at home. I'd ask you, though, as you hold that in your hand, to just take a moment of silence right now to pray. Pray this as you're holding that in your hand and you're trying to decide. What is God asking of me according to his goodness to me? What is God asking of me according to his goodness to me? Okay. What is God asking of me according to his goodness to me? How blessed I am. You can take the pledge card and you can drop it in the collection in just a moment, or you can, uh, or you can uh, uh, bring it back next week, or you can mail it in. Or I'm, I'm going to ask Father Joe at the very end of Mass, to, uh, as he leaves the altar, just to put a basket in the center of the altar. And if you don't have time to fill it out yet, um, just you can bring it up and put it uh, in the basket on the altar, um, whatever. What I do ask, Please, and I beg this of a, there's a dream of mine, I'm here for two more years, before two more years, I hope that someday we have an appeal where I don't, honest to God, I don't care if we even make the goal. I, 
What I do care about is that everybody gives something. If you can only give 12 cents, a penny a month, boy, that's okay. That's great. If that's all you can give, give a penny a month. But be counted. Someday I hope that we'll have something like this and everybody, everybody will hear God's call and give something. That's what's most important. Not because of God, but because of you. Experience the joy of God's generosity. With Paul, I ask you all to remember that you do all that you do, not for Father Ed, not even for the good, out of the goodness of your heart, but you do all that you do for the sake of the gospel and the great hope of having a share in all of its blessings. And indeed we do. Bless you.